Hello, everybody, and welcome into another episode of Come After Me, I'm a Podcast, which is our Oklahoma State football podcast. I am Madison Morris, and I have alongside me, not physically, but over the phone, which is just as good, uh, the ever-so-talented John Hoover. John, hi. How are you? I'm doing great. Doing awesome. How are you? Oh, man. We are just rocking and rolling. Have a lot of OSU football to talk about. Um, obviously, we didn't get to record after the Texas game immediately, but, you know, life just gets in the way. So here we are on this beautiful Wednesday night. Uh, we're going to touch back a little bit on what happened down in Austin this past weekend. Obviously, the Pokes are back home in Boone Pickens Stadium this coming Saturday to host the Kansas State Wildcats. But I, however, was not down in Austin to see the game, but that's why I have my trusty sidekick, Mr. John Hoover here, because he was. And so, John, uh, tell the people just a little bit about uh, the game, kind of overall, like what you saw, the atmosphere of the whole ordeal, and just what happened down there. The, uh, th- this game down there, 36-30 Texas wins in Austin. Oklahoma State would have won that game. They would be in the rankings right now. They'd be in the polls. So uh, it, was a, it was a critical loss for Oklahoma State um, because they're, you know, they're probably not going to have an opportunity like that again to beat a top 25 team on the road like that again for a while. Um, I, the game, I thought, boiled down to exactly what Mike Gundy said in his opening statement, and that is if Oklahoma State offensively had converted uh, third and one, fourth and one into touchdowns, into first downs, Instead of trying to kick field goals, trying to fake field goals. Oh no! Um, yeah, that's that was the uh, that was the difference in that game. Oklahoma State red zone, Oklahoma State short yardage. Uh, they got, they kind of got bullied in the, by Texas in at the at the uh, line of scrimmage. No, for sure. It was it wasn't really very pretty to watch. Um, I'm sure it was <laughs> equally as ugly in person, but uh, I was stuck to watching it on TV, and it was just. I mean, I think I can speak for Cowboy fans. It was a little bit infuriating just because there were, like, plentiful opportunities for the Cowboys to get into the end zone. They had a lot of, uh, like, just opportunities right there uh, in the red zone, and it just did not – it didn't look good because it made the Texas defense look a lot more powerful than I think they actually are. And don't get me wrong, Texas has a very powerful and good defense, but nothing that OSU's offense couldn't handle. And so, obviously, having to settle with field goals can be a little frustrating because even Mike Gundy said this on his uh, Monday afternoon press conference. That was the biggest difference in this game was the fact that Texas, they were able to actually execute at the goal line. OSU was not. And they had to settle with field goals. And, like, I don't even want to talk about the fake attempt. That just want, that makes me want to, like, throw up, honestly. And I just had dinner, so we're not going to do that. But... Overall, it just it wasn't a good look for the Cowboys, especially open, opening up Big 12 conference play because, I mean, I think a lot of OSU fans know what this team is capable now. They've seen them play in three games under Spencer Sanders and the young quarterback who obviously is showing out the way people were hoping he would. But it just it didn't look good in Austin, and I think that, I mean, obviously what John just said and what Gundy was saying, the biggest difference was that Texas, able to execute OSU, is just absolutely not able to do that. Yeah, the, and I kind of got that vibe, Madison, from the opening drive when they punch it all the way down to the uh, four-yard line. They get first and goal at the four. The offense looks dynamic. It looks clever. It looks exciting. And their next three plays are Chuba Hubbard up the middle, Chuba Hubbard up the middle, Chuba Hubbard up the middle. One of those was a fumble that uh, Spencer Sanders hopped on for a, you know about a three-yard loss, but 
it gets to fourth and goal at the three, and they have to kick a field goal. And you're like, wait a minute, listen, listen, listen. I know Tuba Hubbard leads the nation in rushing right now, but you have Mike Gundy and Sean Gleason. You seem to have fallen in love with the concept that he is the next Barry Sanders. Oh, right. Really? I mean, the, the, uh, he leads the nation in rushing because you played, you know, Oregon State and you played McNeese and you played Tulsa, which, by the way, uh, Mike Gundy said, hey, that, that play worked against Tulsa. Mm. I bet when Cowboy fans heard him say that, they fell out of their chairs, <laughs> fell out of the saddle or whatever they were sitting in because – you don't just because something works at Tulsa, you're going to run it up against the Longhorns in Austin. That's just absurd. I mean, it was a it was a lame answer. I tell you what, Mike Gundy had a bad um, he had a bad kind of a uh, game calling on the sideline. I thought he had a bad press conference too. No, honestly, I agree, and that was something that was addressed on Monday uh, because obviously, I think he said it after either Tulsa's game or one of the other games where Chuba had a big rushing game, which I guess it was either Tulsa or Oregon, but um, Chuba had 37 carries in Austin. And that to Mike especially was way too many because I think the last game um, against Tulsa, he had like 32 or some odd carries like that. And Mike even said that's way too many for this guy right now, especially this early on in the season. Obviously they want to utilize a guy like Chuba because uh, Chuba's, a guy that they're really reliant on because he is, he's been able to prove that he's capable of taking on that responsibility, but you have to be able to protect these guys as well. And you need to make sure that it's divvied up plentiful enough to where you, you are utilizing the other talent on your roster. And right now I'm looking at this box score from the Oklahoma state and Texas game. And it was, it was all Chuba Hubbard. He had 37 carries and guys like LD Brown only had one. And so it's just, I mean, obviously it makes sense because Chuba was able to find the end zone twice, and that's a that's great for the Cowboys, but at the same time, you can't just wear and tear on this guy and it's like expect him to just execute everything he was able to execute at a different game. This is a whole different team that they're going up against. Obviously, this is a big, high-level team in Texas, and they're going to find that against Kansas State whether they think so or not because that's not really yeah. a team you can sleep on right now. The, the one that got me was uh, Cowboys were trailing 28-23. They go on another long drive. They're popping plays here and there. Everybody seems to be getting involved. Chuba's having a nice drive, but Spencer Sanders is having a nice drive. Spencer saved them on a third and one. I'm sorry, that was uh, Chuba on the third and one. Spencer saved them on the third and 11, okay? Mm-hmm. He runs for 10 yards, gets down to the three-yard line. It's fourth and one, and they go right back to Chuba, which is, you know, again, he's he's a productive runner. He's a good runner. But why not? You know, with uh, with Spencer mm-hmm. Sanders under under center, he's a he's a redshirt freshman. He's a he's an athletic kid. He's a strong kid. He's a quick kid. You've got two running backs behind him, okay? And and I leaned over. This is all often called second guessing, but Madison, this is first guessing. Right. I leaned over to the person next to me and I said, "Watch this, push, push." And he goes, "What?" And I said, "It's going to be a quarterback sneak, and the two running backs are going to push him into the end zone like Reggie Bush." He goes, oh, yeah, that would probably work. I go back and listen to the game. That's exactly what Kirk Herbstreit was saying, too. <laughs> this is the perfect opportunity for a Bush push. Mm-hmm. And it was. And they, they run that slow-developing kind of delay, almost semi-delay handoff that's a little bit uh, influence on one mm-hmm. side. And you end up running it to the other side. And it's like, what are you doing? Yeah. Texas was all over that thing for a loss of one. Is like, you know what? That right there, that third-quarter drive right there <laughs> convinced me that Oklahoma State, their offensive line, and their play calling is uh, is not ready for prime time yet. 
No, absolutely not. And I think right now other teams, they're starting to be able to scout these things out because like, okay, obviously Chuba Hubbard is making a lot of noise in the big 12 for his rushing ability. I don't know. Does Sean Gleason and them, do they never, excuse me, do they never stop and think like, oh, maybe, maybe it's time to utilize some other assets of our team right now because guys are exactly what you just said, John. Guys are all over Chuba. Guys are all over guys like Tylan Wallace. That's especially why he kind of had a hard time. I mean, it's just, it's kind of crazy if you're looking at this and you're thinking, why, why are guys like Sean Gleason and Mike Gundy seeing games like Oregon State? Or like McNeese and even Tulsa and thinking, oh, that worked so well. Like, let's just keep it going. No, like Texas has been in the film room and they're they're really scouting out these plays that you guys are throwing out there. So when you're not changing it up and you're not uh, just being efficient and productive on the sideline as a coach, it's going to show on the field. And you're just asking for trouble for these young guys who are out there getting beat up. And so I don't know. That's just where my frustrations came from, because it just seemed like the same kind of. Uh, ordeal every single time and then it was just the same failing play out there and I I mean it was it wasn't like a total blowout but I'm just I was reading a lot of stuff about this game afterwards and when you have a headline from ESPN that says Ellinger dominates OSU with another Heisman worthy performance (laughs) you're just like good god almighty did (laughs) did you did we really give them the opportunity to put Texas on the shrine like that, and they absolutely did. So overall, just a disappointing game. I think it was a good game to see where Spencer Sanders uh-huh. has improved and matured over the past three games. Uh, but still, that's just it's not good enough in the Big 12. You have to be able to step up and make adjustments with everybody on the team, not just a couple of guys. Yeah, Spencer right now, I think he's doing fantastic. He's a little loose with the football. Um, he did a very aware and athletic move to, to jump on that tuba fumble, but a little loose throwing the football. One ball sailed. The first interception sailed on him. The second one he got hit. Uh, but he's averaging 304, 305 yards a game right now. That's fifth in the Big 12. I think Oklahoma State fan would probably take that. Yeah. Um, the, uh, the tuba thing, 3.2 yards per carry. Yeah, he had 121 yards. He had almost 40 carries to do it. Come on. Um, that, that was just that was not a productive use of, of your uh, primetime running back. Uh, Sanders, though, had 18 rushing attempts for 109 yards. I mean, he was very busy and very tired after the game. Yeah. The thing, the thing that stood out to me was the way they rolled coverage. And remember now, Texas lost like six players to, to injury oh, yeah. uh, during the course of the game, and they were already without one uh, on offense, one on defense. So this was not a full-speed Texas team, not a full-strength Texas team, but – they were able to roll coverage over to Tylen Wallace. Tylen caught, you know, he had decent numbers, five catches, 82 yards. You can, if that's one of your bad games, that'll, you know, that'll win you the Belitnikoff Award. But he didn't catch a pass in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's crucial. When you needed your best player, remember the two, uh, the three touchdowns he scored against Oregon State, which were little hitch screens, oh, yeah. slants. Um, where were those? Right. Why, why, why was everything having to go down the field? Why was every throw to Tylen Wallace? Uh, something like a you know eighteen twenty to forty yard pass down the field. No, why not yeah. just why not just hit him on a on a quick screen and let him do what he does? Uh, te- now give it up to Texas. Texas got some good defensive backs. I think Texas defensively is pretty good, but um, they didn't even try that stuff. And if they did try it, that's the one that uh, Spencer Sanders' arm was hit on, and it got intercepted. Yeah, and Gundy does speak a lot about Thailand because I think right now Thailand. His talent is being a little overshadowed by the fact that 
these defensive players on the opposing team, they are starting to get very smart, and they're starting to double-team him. They're starting to put a lot of pressure on him, and they're starting to put a lot of pressure on Spencer Sanders as well because I think they understand the kind of connection that these two are able to make if they have that opportunity out on the field. But Texas was the perfect example for Cowboy fans to look and say, oh, wow, like there needs to be something done with Thailand right now because everybody on these teams that are going to either come to Stillwater or host the Cowboys this season, they're going to have a plan for guys like Tylen Wallace. And, you, I mean, pe- these coaches, they're going to have to protect this guy because, obviously, he's the best receiver on this team. He's the one that's making the most noise um, just th- throughout the conference as well as other guys from other teams, but especially on Oklahoma State's roster. And so, it's just there just needs to be a lot taken away from this game, I would say. Because Kansas State, I mean, right now they're undefeated. They haven't played a Big 12 game yet, so this is going to be maybe a little bit of a wake-up call for them. But at the same time, I think it's going to be a wake-up call for the Pokes as well, just because it's two good teams coming together. Obviously, Oklahoma State is finally going to get that home field advantage, and so that will be somewhat decent, but it could not also. And right now, I, I liked what Gundy said on Monday because someone asked him just, you know, you haven't lost like back-to-back Big 12 games in a while now so what would this do to the program if Kansas State were to come in here and just completely wipe the field clean with you guys and Gunny was like I mean honestly there is always the possibility of something like that happening um but you just you can't you can't take away something from another game you have to just leave that one behind and move on and so hopefully uh for Cowboy fans sakes that is something that Mike Gundy and his folks are gonna have to do but I don't know, John. I don't feel the utmost optimism for Saturday just because I don't know how well uh, how well it's going to go for the Cowboys if they're not mentally and fully physically prepared to take on a team like Kansas State after coming off this loss in Austin. I think it's going to be a good game. I don't think there's any question. Um, you said K-State has not won a Big 12 game. No, but they've won an SEC game yeah. on the road. They That's true. Are there in their... Uh, earlier in the season, they go on the road and they beat Mississippi State, who was ranked number 23 at the time. I'll just say it right now. Mississippi State was overrated. Uh, <laughs> but but they crush Bowling Green and Nichols 101-14. to 14. Kansas State doesn't. Then they go on the road, third game of the year, they beat Mississippi State in Starkville. You know, that was the first time ever that they've gone on the road and beaten an SEC team. Kansas State, they were 0-11 in those games before. And now, of course... You look at K-State, they're the ones getting votes. They're 24th in the AP poll, 22nd in the coaches poll. This is a really good team. Skyler Thompson, the quarterback, is uh, has just been fantastic. Um, I think Pro Football Focus graded him as the number two graded out quarterback in the country. And in terms of QBR, ESPN's QBR uh, quarterback rating, he's number five in the country. He's been having an unbelievable year. No, for sure. I think I really do think this is going to be such a good matchup, um, especially for just fans of football to watch. But honestly, there is a lot riding on this for the Cowboys because right now they're 21 and 10 against K-State and Stillwater. And that's a pretty good advantage to have over a team. But Mike Gundy is only six and five against the Wildcats. And right now he gave Tom Herman his first win over the Cowboys already. I don't think he wants to even this up with K-State right now. And those might may seem like very minor little details, but especially in a guy who's been coaching the Cowboys for what, like 15 years now that you don't want to just, I I don't know. You don't, you don't want to make these little mistakes that make your coaching experience look like a total, I don't know, just like not a good thing. Like 
a total dull moment in your coaching career at OSU. And so right now I think there is a lot riding on this game. The Cowboys cannot come into Big 12 conference play and lose two back-to-back Big 12 games, one of which was on their home turf. And so there is going to be a lot of pressure on the Cowboys. Obviously, Kansas State is sitting on their high horse right now, coming off of a big win, like John said, at Mississippi State. That was – I got to watch a little bit of that game, and K-State looked good because there were plenty of times that Mississippi State – they kind of edged K-State out of that game, I think, like once or twice, and it looked really good. Uh, for the Bulldogs, but then obviously the Wildcats just were not going to let that go, and they did take that win. So this is big. Kansas State has a lot of fire under their feet right now, and if OSU can't match that or overpower it, it could be a very sorry night for Cowboy fans. I like fire under their feet. That's pretty good. Oh, um, thank you. You and I, you, you and I watched that uh, K-State game in uh, Starkville together at mm-hmm. the uh, uh, Tulsa Press Box during the Oklahoma State game there. That is correct. And and I was pretty impressed. I must say I was pretty impressed with K-State. You know, their two leading rushers this year, James Gilbert and Jordan Brown, are both grad transfers. James Gilbert from Ball State, Jordan Brown from North Carolina. So they they don't make a lot of noise. They don't make a lot of, uh, you know, five-star recruits and stuff like that. But they've got guys who've played football. They've got guys who've been successful playing football. So you're absolutely right. It's a it's a danger, dangerous situation for Oklahoma State, if you ask me. And you got a guy in Chris Kleiman, the first-year coach, who's replacing Bill Snyder. At getting to talk to a bunch of players down in, in uh, Jerry World for Big 12 Media Days, they love Chris Kleiman, and he loves them. Not that not that anybody had anything against Bill Snyder, but you know you, it's hard to be yourself, right? When you're uh, maybe around your your grandpa, right? You, know, you, you want to kind of impress your grandpa, and you want to kind of be straight laced, and your grandpa has certain high standards for you. Well, uh, Chris Kleiman told these guys when he got to Manhattan, he said, "If you're on the fourth floor of the Banyer Family Athletic Complex." you're on the fourth floor up there and you're near my office and you don't poke your head in my office and say what's up coach we're gonna have a problem he just immediately ingratiated himself and endeared himself to those players who have the entire time they were there was like oh man don't bother coach snyder you know right. he's up there uh having a salad in, at three o'clock in the afternoon Dan, don't, don't, <laughs> don't bother him he's probably watching film from 1974 you know don't bother coach chris Kleiman has totally turned the culture around not that it was broken but it needed uh, maybe a kickstart, and I think he's done that. So when you look at the guys they have on defense, some of the playmakers they have, Denzel Goolsby, Daquan Patton, people like that, A.J. Parker, uh, Trey Dashaun's one of the one of my favorite players in the Big 12, uh, just because I bumped into him at Aggieville one time. <laughs> he is uh, Those guys on defense up there, um, they're averaging second in the country in pass defense. Second in the country in pass defense, 118 yards a game. Second in the country in third down in third down efficiency defense. In other words, other teams opposing offenses are getting third down conversions sixteen percent of the time. So they're thirteenth in the country in scoring defense. So really, I, I think this is a very underrated team. I, I picked them to not go to a bowl game, not have a winning record. I think I might have been one hundred percent wrong. Yeah, I mean, honestly, anything can happen on Saturday, especially seeing what K State has done to open up their season. And so, yeah obviously I think it's just going to be very telling of how the rest of the season is going to go, whatever happens Saturday. And so, uh, I don't know, strap in, I guess we'll see. John, do you have any predictions for this Saturday? What are you hoping to see? Uh, I will predict that we will not see a fake field goal. How about that? Oh my God, please. No, good God (laughs) almighty. Please no fake field goals. That actually like nauseated me. 
<laughs> it was poorly drawn up, poorly timed, and poorly executed. I think I fell off my couch when that happened. <laughs> I actually fell off my couch because I was in disbelief. <laughs> but, yeah, I don't know. I'm Personally, I'm hoping to see, obviously, for Oklahoma State's sake, I'd love to see Oklahoma State at least get – uh, a little bit of redemption from what happened down in Austin. Not that it was absolute garbage, but some of it was absolute garbage. So, um, garbage, it was garbage at the wrong time. They, it was they were brilliant about seventy five percent of the time, and about twenty percent of the time it was garbage. Exactly, and I feel like I've been listening to Sam Mays too much because I've used the word garbage so many times when I'm talking <laughs> about things. So, is it bad influence on you? It is. I'm gonna get that out of my vocabulary. But anyway, John, thank you so much for joining me on this glorious Wednesday night talking OSU football here on Come After Me. I'm a podcast. And uh, I guess we'll wrap it up from there. Yes, Oklahoma State will be in Stillwater this Saturday to take on the Kansas State Wildcats. Um, it's going to be a good game. So, John, appreciate it again, and we'll do it again soon. You're welcome, Madison. Talk to you later. Talk to you later. Bye-bye.